Welcome to How Did I Get This Far? Each episode will tackle the basic skills and knowledge that we all completely missed learning. Soon enough, you'll stop having to ask yourself, how did I get this far? On this episode of How Did I Get This Far, we talk about coffee. Have you ever heard coffee be considered a fruit? What about the milk we add? Is whole milk better or worse than skim or almond? And for real, why does coffee make me need to go number two? All that and more right now. All right, everybody, welcome to an episode of How Did I Get This Far? Um, The whole point is to be a one-stop shop for everyone to learn anything that you need. So I've decided to bring an amazing person as our guest to talk about coffee. Her name is Lacey Mackey. She's one of the founders and the current CEO of Caveman Coffee Company, a specialty coffee company that offers products to fuel your life. Thank you, Lacey, for being my guest. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. So obviously, I didn't touch on um, your company too much, but tell me a little bit more about it and why coffee is such a big part of your life. Yeah, so we founded Caveman Coffee Co. I have two other co-founders, Tate Fletcher and Keith Jardine, and we were all um, athletes that had transitioned actually into the film world, a world that you're aware of. Um, and so we were working very long shifts, you know, 16-hour, 20-hour days, um, and trying to dial in our nutrition. And a key part of that was coffee. And we would start our day. Um, if anyone's ever done a paleo or a keto diet or has tried to maintain any kind of diet um, that's restrictive, uh, it can be really challenging. But we found that high fat diets helped us maintain our energy level. And when you combine that with caffeine, so if you're doing like butter coffee or caffeine with um, MCT oil, things like that, you can have a prolonged energy without like the crash for hours and hours and hours on end. So it started to be kind of a necessity in the lives that we were living. And we thought, hey, what if we shared this? We, you know, we had a bit of a social following. What if we shared these things that we're doing and our nutrition and our fitness and whatever we were actually doing for our lifestyle. And so we started something called Pirate Life, which was the original blog. And Pirate Life idea was to pirate your life back. So take charge of your life, your nutrition, your fitness, your sleep, everything that goes into your daily lifestyle and um, really develop your lifestyle and what works best for you. And from that came coffee. It was a very weird transition into coffee, but an easy one because we were using coffee as a fuel source. That became the huge conversation. And we started this coffee share program and we were sending out our favorite roasts. And then Caveman was born because it was a coffee company, but very paleo focused and nutrition focused coffee company. And so now we're a full on you know, specialty coffee company. We do small batch roasting and uh, ready to drink products that still fit those key uh, performance lifestyle points. Um, but you know, we're also sourcing some of the best coffee in the world and like really geeking out on what coffee is all about. That's amazing. Once everybody around me started drinking coffee and I didn't because I don't know how to make it. I don't really understand what it is. Um, I started feeling super alone because I was the only person. Yes, I was. (laughs) And then it was very funny. So I, I, as you mentioned, I work in production, I work in casting and I was working on a game show, um, where I had the contestants Um, hang out with me until we recorded. We offered one of the contestants um, if he wanted any coffee. And he said he had never had coffee before. And I found, I felt like I finally (laughs) found my brother. Like this There, There are people out there. I meet them pretty often. I actually wasn't that into coffee, like really until later, you know, in my like mid twenties. I grew up 
a severe soda addiction, um, but mm-hmm. coffee and so coffee kind of helped me get off of that. Well, I have a oh my god, it's not a running joke. I guess it's an inside joke with myself. But I'm very energetic and enthusiastic naturally. I'm one of those people sure. that says that. But it seemed cool to drink coffee again. Yeah. So yeah. I would get it anyway, even though I didn't really know what I was drinking. And sure. the contestant I was referencing and myself, we just referred to it as dirt water because that's essentially what it looked like. Yeah. Um, or the or even worse, I've heard it called bean juice. Yeah, bean juice is, is very nasty. popular. <laughs> essentially what it is. Yeah. But there's something about having it that felt very official and like classy. And so I just... Yeah like to hold it (laughs) and we can dive into that too a little bit it's a lot like wine so for based on like where beans are grown and or how that's brewed it it changes the flavor profile it changes the energy of the coffee it changes like the caffeine content there's just so many things that this plant is capable of and when you really start to dive into it um you're gonna have a much different understanding of what coffee is or what it can be yeah all right well then let's get into it what yeah. Is coffee. I'm going to grab the coffee mug I brought just to be on theme. Awesome. Um, but I love it, it only has water in it because as I said, I don't know <laughs> how to make coffee. Okay. We're going to help you out. Um, <laughs> yeah. So coffee is a, the, is from a bush, right? It's a, it's a little coffee bush. I've it's, never heard that. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. When you think about it, where does it come from? Um, it looks like a little cherry. So it grows on a, on a green bush. Um, and it takes many, many years for the bush to be planted to produce actual usable coffee cherries in their fruit. And inside them is a seed, which is the bean, the coffee bean. And so the process looks like growing it, picking it when it's ripe, and then it's depulped, which means you take the, the actual cherry part off of it, and then you dry the beans and they, they are washed and processed and then dried for a very long time. And then they get usually shipped wherever they're going to be roasted. So they come in as a green coffee bean. Um, and it's been several months since it's been picked and dried. And now it's ready for its roasting process. They come from different regions. There are some that are grown in the US, different types of beans. There are some that are grown in South America and Africa. Those are very, um, the two big like coffee producing areas. Those are um, generally Arabica beans, and their Arabica is usually a bean that's a little bit fruitier, a little higher in acid. It grows in a uh, wetter climate, um, and those are generally seen as like you know the fancier beans. For example, a lot of times um, with the Ethiopian or like an African coffee, you get like a blueberry or something that's a little bit fruitier. That's usually dealt with like the type of plant that's grown there and like how it's dried. And then there's a robusta bean, which is grown in a drier climate. It's going to be higher in caffeine, actually. Um, they've been, you know, generally about twice as much caffeine. Um, it's going to have like a grittier taste, a little bit of a sandier taste. And so um, those uh, beans are definitely used in roasted. It might be more of that like dirt water <laughs> taste, as some people might say, which, which people love. Like it's not a bad taste. It's just different. Um, it's usually a little bit less acid. So coffee is a fruit. It's the seed of a fruit and then it's roasted. I definitely don't recall knowing that it was considered a fruit. So if I had coffee, can I say I got my like fruit intake for the day? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think there's like that funny meme that says like, 
I ate plants today. I had coffee. So I basically had a salad. Oh, that's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, it covers all yeah. the food groups. <laughs> and there are a lot of nutrients in the coffee beans. De- you know, definitely they get roasted out and different things like happen when they dry, just like with any other plant. But you're getting more, you know, it's known for having its caffeine, but there are other stimulants that are in coffee that we get based on the coffee that you pick, how it was grown, how it was roasted, how it's getting to your cup, you're going to have different nutrient value. Fair enough. Wow. I, I knew there were different parts of it because that was one of the questions I've obviously um, shared with you that I plan on talking about is what makes coffee taste so different and the, all the, yeah. you know, the beans, how they're roasted, where they're from. You could literally take one bean and it could be roasted and served a thousand different ways. So um, when you're in talking about the roasting process based on how long it dry, had to dry before it got to the roaster, that's going to change how much moisture is in the bean. It's a real science. Yeah, I was and supposed to say that's a, lot, that's a lot of science. It's a lot. Yeah. If you ever get the chance to like see somebody roast coffee, it's a beautiful thing. Yes, definitely. Um, okay. So now that we know at least what coffee is obviously way more questions, but I want to see where my knowledge level is. Um, So I want to do maybe like a couple questions from you to see if I know anything or if I'm really as clueless about coffee as I think I am. So I have some questions that I prepared. One of them might be easy because I just um, gave you some of the answers to it, but we'll see what you retained. (laughs) Do you remember what the difference is between Arabica and a Robusta bean? Oh, (laughs) Uh, the letters used to spell it. Um, (laughs) there are two different names. Wow. This is going to show my listening skills. Um, that's a, it's a complicated one. I'm going to say that they are roasted differently. No, I already feels wrong, but that's, I said it. You're not wrong. Okay. Okay. Um, They're very different beans, but you're not, and and there would be a different process for them. Um, but we'll go into that. We can go back into that later. They would get roasted differently. People could, yeah, they would. Um, I mean, this is a three, I'm giving you a multiple choice question on this one because it would be unfair for me to just pin this to you. Thank you. Um, is a medium chain triglyceride a protein, a fat, or a carbohydrate? Triglyceride. That doesn't sound like a protein. I used to love chemistry. But that was in 11th grade, and I'm much older now. Um, triglyceride. I'm going to say fat because I feel like yeah. carb doesn't relate to coffee, but fat, there's... You got it. I, Correct. Medium changer, I don't so even need this interview. I'm dying yeah, you so already much. know everything. <laughs> You're great. That's awesome. What exactly is that? Um, but medium chain triglycerides is basically um, something that we use and a lot of people use to add fat to a coffee. So if you're going to do a butter coffee, right? If you are somebody that's trying to avoid dairy because you might have a lactose intolerance or it's inflammatory, uh, which it is, milk is very inflammatory, uh, then you might want to look for a substitute or a dairy alternative. And you still want to have that creaminess, right? That's why people like fat. It cuts the acid taste and the bitterness in coffee um, and gives you like a creamy experience, kind of balances the flavor out. So if you were going to use a coconut substitute, we use coconut MCT oil, which means medium chain triglyceride oil. So it's basically a flavorless oil that comes from coconut that you can blend and it emulsifies and becomes frothy and creamy, just like a milk without those side effects. Also, it's a great um, nutrition technique for energy. It also helps mitigate any kind of fat actually helps mitigate the caffeine crash. So what happens when we have a coffee or a caffeine 
stimulant. And then we have this huge up and then we start to have this crazy crash afterward, right? So what's happening is our insulin is getting released when we're having the caffeine from an energy standpoint. It's similar to like, if I eat a donut, I get that like crazy sugar high for a second and then I feel really gross and I want to have more. Um, if you have fat with your caffeine, it's going to help level out that insulin spike that's happening. When you say that like butter or that oil that you mentioned is um, good to make that energy boost last longer and spread out mm -hmm. for many hours, mm -hmm. when you say butter, is it just like the butter from your fridge? You just cut a, a slice and drop it in there? Yeah. And like what's recommended, and this is for hot coffee, like don't try to put butter in your cold coffee. Also just have like weird chunks of butter floating around your coffee. Um, a lot of people do butter. They do choose like a grass fed butter. Um, and as long as it's actually a butter, which is like an actual animal fat, then yes, you're getting that like added bonus. Um, you know, you could, you could get into other oils, but there are certain oils that react really well with your body and certain oils that might be like more damaging. Um, so what's recommended if you're doing a butter coffee is a grass fed butter or like a goat butter or something like that. And you can choose whether you want to do salted or unsalted. I like to do salted because I like to have a little more sodium for electrolytes in my diet. It sounds weird. Most people put sugar in their coffee. I put salt in my coffee. Cool. Whatever you want to do. So if you're doing a butter coffee, a traditional butter coffee, it would be about a tablespoon or less, a little bit less of grass fed butter. And then a tablespoon or less of MCT oil blended together. You could also just do the MCT oil if you wanted to, which is a coconut oil. And either way, they're both going to be super creamy and emulsify. And it's going to give you that like frothy latte feel without the dairy from the milk and everyone you know some people will be confused about well isn't butter dairy it's processed differently generally butter does not affect people with lactose intolerance the same way that milk would and then if you really look at ingredients in milk you'll find that there's a lot of sugar they sneak in there and a bunch of other stuff that isn't necessarily great well then i guess we'll go more into milk it seems like you're an expert also on milk <laughs> <laughs> i know a lot about dairy. dairy i love dairy products um but they definitely affect your body in interesting ways yes as as mm -hmm. i get older i'm noticing a little bit but i'm also noticing everyone around me is all of a sudden lactose intolerant so yeah well and i think that like we grew up in a time when fat-free was seen as like, at least I did, um, seen as like the thing. So you'd want to get low fat milk and 2% milk and stuff. And you're just really talking about like water with a little bit of cream that's been added in there and also sugar in order to pasteurize a product that is um, a cold chain product like that and, and get it to be where we can take it from the farm, put it on a truck, uh, put it in the refrigerator and have it last for the amount of time it has to last to get to us, um, then they have to pasteurize it some way. And so they end up adding sugar and they ended up doing a bunch of weird things to it. And it changes the like actual makeup of what you're consuming. So it's not the, the milk that we were getting from the cow. It's now like this other weird processed thing. And so a lot of people, I think the allergies have gone up because that it's a highly processed food now, as opposed to something that like we might find in nature. If I have a dairy in my coffee or in my drinks, I usually order it breve. Um, and breve means that it's cream. So most places it's half and half, but you're getting like a higher fat content, um, like actual uh, milk as opposed to a more water and sugar content milk. I don't think I have the guts to go up to a counter and say that word. I hope this word goes totally viral now and everyone starts. Everyone knows it. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah. I do want to know how to make it myself. Yeah. But baby steps, we'll go over how to actually order it. Essentially, there's a couple ways that you could have coffee. Like if I just go up and order a black coffee at a regular, any bodega or coffee shop or whatever, um, it's usually going to be a drip coffee. And that means that um, it's like an, a mechanical version of a pour over, which is, um, you know, grinds, then hot water is poured over it. And over time, like over several minutes, hot water runs through it and extracts the actual coffee. Um, so you, you generally need heat or pressure to extract the goodness that's in a ground roasted coffee bean. And so a uh, drip, regular black coffee, that's what that's going to be. If you ordered, um, if you want an espresso, which is when you use heat and pressure uh, in that machine, that's like a lot of pressure coming through the beans very quickly to extract a very small amount of coffee. It's like a concentrated um, version, less water down, you're going to get an espresso. And this is generally like one or two ounces, like a two ounce is like a shot. Um, and when they call it a shot, it's not that people actually take a shot of coffee. It's just like a very small amount and you would sip it like the proper way to have an espresso is to like slurp it a little bit like, uh, like you're having like a hot soup. Uh, and then you're going to get all the flavors on your mouth to hit your tongue at the different times. And you're really going to be able to enjoy the flavors of that. And then from the espresso world, you can add different levels of milks and um, froths and things like that. And then there's also cold brew. And a cold brew is uh, basically using none of that, no heat and no um, pressure to extract the actual coffee. And it's made kind of like if you know what a sun tea is. So you take the grounds and you soak them for a very long amount of time. So while a drip might take seven minutes, espresso might take 30 seconds, a cold brew is like a 16 hour process. But you would take the grounds, you would soak them in cool water and you would just let them soak for a very long amount of time. Um, and then the difference between the cold brew and either of the hot brews is when you use heat and when you use um, pressure, you do two things. You extract more out of the bean, so more of the acid. You also kill the caffeine a little bit. So you're going to have less caffeine in either of those hot drinks than in a cold brew. So it's generally going to be a smoother taste um, and very different experience than a hot drink. So it sounds like that is always cold. It's not like an iced coffee, which tell me if I'm wrong, is a co yeah. hot coffee. They just put ice You're right. in. You're right. So, and I actually like an iced coffee and I don't know why, because it's like the most bitter thing ever, but um, an iced coffee is generally you hot brew it just like a drip. Um, and then you leave that or like let it cool down. Sometimes I put it in like a pitcher or something, put it in the fridge. And so now you're pouring that over ice. And then if you're doing a true cold brew, it's actually cold the whole time. When it comes to like milk and sugar, at being kind of the staples of what people add to their coffee. Mm -hmm. Why? And also, um, what's the difference between like a dairy milk versus like a half and half or a creamer? Yeah. Like what's that, what's that about? Most, most people are just trying to balance out the bitterness or the different flavors in the coffee. Coffee is a very bitter taste. It's just like chocolate, like extreme dark chocolate. Um, and so when you add sugar, um, when you add cream, those things cut that taste and like change that bitterness. Same thing when you add salt too, actually. Now, half and half um, is exactly what the name is. Uh, it's half cream, half regular milk. And then if you have heavy cream, um, in the UK, they don't do half and half. They just do heavy cream and most of, most of the rest of the world. And so that's like super thick. Like it's almost butter, uh, but it's not quite butter. 
uh, cream and that is the most delicious, but also it doesn't like mix well necessarily, unless you're doing it in like a steamed fashion, like a latte. If you just put it, like poured it in your coffee, it would separate and just be like a cream on top of your coffee. Um, and then when you get into the milk alternatives, like there's almond milk, oat milk, um, cashew milk, sunflower milk, like any kind of milk, um, they're all going to have like a little bit different density. And so they're going to pair well or not with coffee, depending on like how you put it in there. But people are just like drinking their nutrition. And so where are those calories coming from? And like, what are you putting in that drink? And I think people are getting very hip to that. And that's why we're seeing so many functional beverages. That's why our company has like gotten so big so fast, um, is that people are deciding to have different ingredients in their in their drinks, including their coffee. It all starts with coffee. Yeah. Wow. That's so much more about milk. I feel like I went on a hardcore tangent. Honestly, (laughs) like my mind was blown. And then as I'm processing it, you're saying like another insane fact. Yeah. It's like, I mean, we get the the back and forth, but it is inflammatory. So that's not good. Right. So moderation. Right. Another thing that's, I guess it's already in coffee. um, So it's not like one of the things you add, like we just talked about, but with caffeine, I know some people like it decaf. How do you do that? Yeah. So this is a very important topic in coffee. I learned about this as well. And the most common way is to use a shit ton. That's a very scientific term (laughs) of, um, of chemicals to pull the caffeine out. So it's a very toxic product. If you ask for a Swiss water decaf, Swiss water is the name of a company. It's a trademark name. Um, but it's a process that this company created to decaffeinate a bean. There's no true fully decaf bean. All beans come out of the out of the plant, um, out of the cherry as a caffeinated bean. After they're dried, then they're soaked, like filter, filter, filter with like tons and tons of water over time, filters out the caffeine and basically any nutrient density. But it's always going to have up to 1% of caffeine in it. There's no way to get it like fully decaf. But if someone's like super sensitive to caffeine, I would say go with the herbal tea because right. that has no caffeine and it never had caffeine. You kind of touched on it before, but I did have a question um, I guess it was from myself, actually. I was going to pretend it was from someone else, but I'm going to be very honest. Um, mm-hmm. When I have coffee, part of the perk is that it makes me need to go to the bathroom and I feel like I lost weight. <laughs> I, yeah. I've always heard the term diuretic with coffee. Is is that what it is? Yeah, it is a diuretic and it's a digestive. Um, so, and you know, people have used that over time for that exact thing. That's why I think it's a tradition to have uh, coffee at the end of a meal. Um, so yeah, it definitely clears you out. It's an, a natural digestive. I think that's also why it's probably a, besides the caffeine part, it's like a good morning thing gets the system <laughs> going. Uh, and I, I've heard it said a lot that you can tell a very good coffee by if you just have one sip, you instantly have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to know how to make it myself. Sure. So basically most people brew at home. The easiest thing is a American style drip coffee. And that's when you have a coffee machine and you just add the water and you add the grounds. There's a filter and the hot water gets heated up in the coffee machine and it pours over the grounds and it comes out into the coffee pot. And then, you know, you pour it in your coffee cup. Um, So that's going to be the easiest. um, Some would call that like the weakest form of coffee because it's not necessarily extracting like all the flavors. It doesn't have time to like fully process, but it's a really 
efficient way of getting coffee. So that's going to be in a drip coffee maker. That's going to be a medium grind. And a medium grind is like similar to the size of sand. And the reason that we use different grind styles is to create um, less sludge. You might also get, a, depending on like what type of filter you have, you could also do a fine grind. Um, and that's going to be um, like sugar or table salt. Um, so some drip coffee makers might cause for that as well. My favorite way of brewing at home is a French press. And I think a lot of people use a French press just because it's like very ritualistic. So like you actually have to boil the water yourself. You do the grind. This is going to be a coarse grind. Um, and coarse is going to be um, similar to like kosher salt or like a sea salt. The reason for this is that usually the filters in a French press or whatever aren't that thick. So it's like going to get sludgier if you don't um, have that kind of coarse ground. Plus, we're going to soak the coffee in hot water now. Basically, you're like pouring the water over the grounds in the French press um, and you're going to let that sit. I usually do like five to six minutes. Sometimes I'm impatient, three minutes, four minutes. If you want to do it just the fast way, which is what I usually do, I just plunge it right away. That's it. Uh, but the real traditional way of doing that is you would take a spoon and you would uh, basically like take all of the grounds that are floating on the top out and then you would press it. So I that thought that French press was another type of cafe drink. <laughs> so now no, just the, <laughs> the way that it's brewed. Yeah. And that's like, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful way to do it. It takes some time. You have to like be there for the process, but I think it's like a nice way to start your morning. So you have a little bit of a ritual. Uh, some people use like a percolator version. And this reminds me of like summer camp when they would like put the big thing on and then it's like all day it's like percolating. And basically a percolator looks like this. There's small ones too that you can do in your house, but basically the water's on the bottom and the grounds are on the top and the water heats up and boils up into the grounds it like shoots out kind of like a sprinkler over the grounds and then it like mixes into the coffee and eventually you get like all of the coffee water in the bottom of the percolator it's also going to be a coarse ground again which is like a sea salt um, and then some people that are fancy have espresso machines at home i wouldn't recommend that if you're just starting off uh, but there's lots of espresso machines that are very like basic this would be an extra fine grind for an espresso machine it's using pressure to push through this like little teeny thing extreme heat you can also use an aeropress which is like a cool device that was created by the founder of um i think it's the guy that like created the frisbee or something like that it's like a weird it's a nasa scientist this is basically a way of making an espresso almost french press style and it has like an extreme amount of pressure you don't need a machine you just add hot water but an aeropress is another way to do a pretty good espresso without a lot of knowledge and without a machine and then there's other ways like a turkish coffee things like that i won't really go into not many people do that at home if you wanted to do a cold brew at home, which a lot of people do like to do, this is a very long process. But basically, the easiest way is to take that French press, put the coarse grounds in there, put the cold water and throw it in your fridge. And then in the morning, you just press it. So yeah, those are the different ways that you could brew at home. Yay! One of the listeners had a question. I think you touched on it a little bit. What roast has the most caffeine or flavor? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. um, so essentially... The misnomer is that a stronger tasting, darker roasted coffee is going to be like more caffeine and uh, it's, you know, that's the strong, I like to drink dark, strong coffee. When you get into roasting um, and heating the coffee, and we, we talked about a little bit, um, 
caffeine is roasted out. The hot, the more you use heat, the more you kill nutrients. So um, if you like a dark charcoal, gritty flavor, which most people have kind of grown up with that um, or mostly experienced that, then you're going to get a dark roast. It's going to have less caffeine, less nutrients, but you might be able to drink more of it. So that's cool. Um, if you want more flavors, more of the citrus and the berries, and like you really want to see what, what that coffee tastes like, then you want a lighter to a medium roast and you're going to have a lot more caffeine, and a lot more other nutrients um, in those medium to light roasts. Okay. Well, there you go, James. Got your answers there. <laughs> you got it, James. <laughs> Uh, were there any other questions you wanted to revisit? Uh, you know, I think that there's a couple cool facts about why people drink cold brew, not only that it's more caffeinated, but also that it's lower acid. And so I tend to tell people that because some people say like, you know, my stomach just gets really upset with coffee and I just can't drink coffee. And that's usually because it's a very high acid product. Um, but a cold brew, a true cold brew is going to have a lot less acid and it's going to be a lot smoother to drink, taste smoother. Um, with higher caffeine content. And so um, it's a really cool, refreshing um, beverage to have. And uh, it's definitely was kind of a trend for a little while and now is becoming its own industry in itself. So one of your products or potentially your, your favorite or most sought after product is one is a it cold is brew. yeah it is yeah so our cold brew we were the first um, company to market with a nitro cold brew in a can. So basically nitro um, if you think about having a Guinness um, or a cold brew like on tap. That's something that people do in specialty worlds. Um, we canned it and added the nitrogen into the actual liquid. So when you, uh, not only is it like a delicious smooth cold brew, but if you wanted to, you could shake the can and pour it upside down into a glass and have like a little bit of a froth. And it's just kind of a fun way to drink a coffee. It's almost like having a cocktail and it's definitely our number one. We sell out of it all the time. That's amazing. Well, congrats. So Thank I'm you. sure that the people hearing about these amazing products would love to try it. So where can we yeah. find more about your company? So if you go to cavemancoffeeco.com, we're there. We're also on Amazon. If you go to our website, you can use the word coffee for a 15% off discount. Um, or you can do the thing where the pop-ups ask for your email and you can get other discounts. Um, I know that's annoying, but it's really cool and we'll give you a lot of free stuff. Um, or if you just like to shop on Amazon, you can find us on Amazon. Awesome. Is there anywhere else to find more about you or is there anything else you want to share? Yeah, you can find me on all social media at Lacey underscore Mackey or Lacey Mackey. Um, I'm on there probably more than I should be. <laughs> um, you can find me you, if you wanted to reach out, you could just reach out via the Caveman website or DM me and I'm pretty much available. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was mind blowing for me. I did not expect to be so surprised with not only your knowledge, but the things I did not know. There's so much information. Um, and just for the record, like I didn't know most of this until I got into the coffee industry. Okay. That so. makes me feel yeah. a little bit better. But that is it for this episode. Awesome. Thank you. I can't wait to hear the other ones. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to learn more. If there is a basic task or aspect of life that you cannot grasp, or if you want to learn more about this topic, email howdidigetthisfar at gmail.com and tag at how did I get this far pod on Instagram with your helpful hacks. Finally, please give the podcast a rating and review so the show can continue tackling more struggles. But that's as far as we will get for now. I'm Amanda Ogan. Thanks for listening.